0: Yeah. So it's been a r- real week for us. Um if you don't know, we um on Monday my husband spoke at the opening rally at Christ for the Nations Institute and it was a really beautiful, powerful time. We were so excited and just to get to light those kids on fire and then we were I was in the green room chatting with people and I got a horrible text message letting us know that, um, one of our elders in Dallas and like a spiritual father to us and like literally hundreds of people, he passed away unexpectedly in his sleep Sunday. Well, sometime in the night, Sunday night, Monday morning. And, um, and so we we're reeling, and we jumped in the car, and we drove out there. They live in Terrell, Texas, which is like an hour from where we were and um, they have seven children they 've been with us since month three of uproom dallas and um he 's on our board just so um it was just you know I gotta be honest, like a hellish week very he was fifty eight very unexpected um in totally good health, just got a clean bill of health. And so um, we're just very sobered. And um, so I need to let you in on all this so you can know where I'm coming from today. Uh, So we spent the first few days with their family. Um, It's just so beautiful to see what you know, when, when hard times come, it's like that, that scripture, you know, the, the wise man builds his house upon the rock when the storm comes. And when the storm came, the way this family was responding was like, it felt like holy ground. They gathered in their, the kids gathered in their parents' bedroom, gathered around the um, bed, and started worshiping and praying. And, um, you know, we, Michael and I just kind of stood in the doorway just kind of in awe that they're ranging in ages from about fifteen to thirty I believe, and so to watch them all some of them with their spouses and their kids and um, um. it was just a it was a, a thing to behold and so um we felt like it was important for our community there because this man i don 't know how to i don't know how to explain to you if you didn't know him his name's Terry Lindsay what he carried, but he was really like a father to so many people, to us, but, but especially to people like who didn't have dads or good dads. And he would always give you a big old bear hug. And Anyway, we gathered everybody on Wednesday um, at the Upper Room in Dallas, and we had a night of mourning, which we didn't have a grid for. I don't know. We didn't know what that meant, but we felt like it was important to give sp- people space to mourn, and how many people would you say were there? Hundreds? I mean, five, six hundred people maybe? I don't know. I don't have a grid for that kind of thing. But a lot of people were there mourning. Um, and then and then, that was a really beautiful night. And then on Friday we had the memorial service. And I tell you all that, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> but I tell you all that to tell you what I saw. What I saw Wednesday night, what I saw in their home, and then what I saw Wednesday night in our church community, and then what I saw at the funeral memorial service, I saw the fruit of something that had been built, and I saw, I saw family, like the family of God, you know, family, you know, you, you celebrate together, and you mourn together, I mean, You mourn together, you weep together, and you celebrate together, and you walk together. And it was something to be in awe of to see the love and the history and the connection that you kind of, when you're just going through life, you're unaware that all that is being built until the storm hits and you're like, oh my gosh, look what God, look what God's made here. And it, and it's also something to behold because that's like hundreds of people. And you sometimes start to feel like, you know, in a setting like this, you feel like, well, we can have community. We can be connected. Like, I could know every name in this room if I were here all the time. I could know you. You could know me. But in a room like we have in Dallas, that feels impossible. But yet, the substance of a spiritual family, like, you could see it. It was tangible. You could watch it. You could feel it. You were... it. It's something God has built over the last eight and a half years. And it was something to behold. And as I started coming up here today, and I was going to share a message with you guys that um, I had shared in Dallas. But I just started to feel like, you know what, we need to kind of have a family talk. And I need to give you vision for what God's doing here. Because it's, disciples, if you took discipleship and you made a pie, okay, like a very small percentage of discipleship actually takes place in a setting like this, right? It's like, I mean, you don't remember most sermons that you hear. You'd, I mean, you know, we, we encounter the presence of God, and that's transformative, but discipleship happens in the daily of life. It happens in the phone calls. It happens in the dinners. It happens in the coffees. It happens in the, that's where it really happens, and I realized that, like, God had been forming family, and he had been, he had been making disciples all the while, like, I was unaware of that that was actually happening, and and then to see it, I'm just so grateful for it. But I realize that what God built, he did through the lives of people who were really willing to lay down their lives for each other. Not not just come, not attend a service. Not like do a duty and, and do a prayer set, but like to invest your life, to be inconvenienced to be invested, like, with your whole, you're invested. Not, n- like, the coming here and showing up here, and I realize, I, I know that I'm talking to some people who are like, this is my first time here, and I'm just checking this out, and that's great, and we want you to, but then now you're going to get a peek into, like, you know, the inside story, but but i feel like the lord is just having there's this call to go what are you what are you going to what is this going to be what are you investing in cuz this yes like yes there's there's this worship and yes there's this movement that god's doing but really what he's doing here in this place amongst us is he's building family he's building a family and that has to be Family lays down their life for each other. Mothers and fathers, we, I mean, I have four kids, ages six and under, and I I laid down my life for them. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. You're all the way in, invested. But the Lord now is inviting us to not just do that in our immediate families, but to do that in this context. And that takes time, and it takes intentionality, and it takes a lot of selflessness, investment and willingness to go there. And I just, there's, there's, and if you're on the outskirts looking in, trying to decide if this is the community the Lord's calling you to, great, like, decide that. But, but as believers, the Lord is calling us to be that level of invested in a community, a faith community. It doesn't have to be this one, but he is, don't, hear me like you to be just an attendee of a service does not make you like part of a body of believers the Lord is doing so much he wants to do so much more and that's the context that it's going to play out in and you like sometimes we come into a place like this and we're waiting for someone to do that for us when really God is like well what would you step into I um I was in worship, I, I I heard this scripture and it's a it's a prophetic scripture. It's in Malachi four six. And if you're in the charismatic church, people are always quoting this. Um so <laughs> am I right? You hear it all the time. You know what I'm about to say. Um but I did feel like the Lord was highlighting it today. Um Malachi. I'm sorry, poor Luke. The, I didn't give you any of these scriptures. So this was. A, here's what I was gonna preach. Here's what I am preaching. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Malachi chapter four verse six. Actually, let's uh, start in verse five. Behold. Maybe you can fly with me. If you can't, that's fine. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Um, was that like a gong? What's that? Anyhow. Um, so he, it's important, verse 5. It's in the spirit of Elijah. Which is like that sounds swirly and weird, and what does that mean, right? He's referring to the end times he's referring to our he's referring to this day, and why is it this that the spirit of Elijah would be the one that would turn fathers' hearts toward children and children's hearts toward fathers, like why the spirit of Elijah? why not the spirit of Abraham or Whomever. Why Elijah? Let's go see, okay? Look in 1 Kings. How many of you brought your Bible? Now you're going to feel bad if you didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I think I meant 2 Kings. Forgive me. Yep, 2 Kings. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm just going to read a little bit here. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. (laughs) They were having fun. Verse 2. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. You see the heart of a son? The heart of a son's committed. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Verse 4 Elijah said to him, <laughs> Isn't that what you want to say? Like, I mean, someone you love. Oh, no. Okay, Elijah said to him, "Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho." But he said, "As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you." That really is the heart of a son. Um, Let's keep reading. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they were both standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Verse 9. Get this. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you. So in this scenario, think of Elijah as the heart of a father. Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you've asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire. And horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. And then we know that he received a double portion. So think back now to the the prophecy in Malachi. I know I'm getting really weird on you, but stay with me. Think back to that prophecy in Malachi. That he's gonna he's gonna come in the spirit of Elijah, and he's gonna turn the hearts of fathers to sons and sons to fathers. The heart, the spirit of Elijah, and the heart of of Elijah as a father was to give what. It was to give him a double pour. it Ask me whatever you want, and Elisha, he's confident. In Elijah's heart for him as a father, and he's like, I want double. And him as a son, his heart is postured as, I'm not gonna leave you. And so you get this picture that's like, listen, if I, if you're my daughter, or if a father to a son, like truly, if you're a parent, you want your children to go way beyond you ever. Like You want them to soar, succeed. You want them to experience and have way more than you ever had. Am I right? Like truly as a parent. And spiritually, that is what the Lord is building here. This is the spirit of Elijah. He's building that here. But this takes a life laid down. This takes a life fully invested. It takes fathers who are willing to give a double portion of what they have Two spiritual sons and daughters, and it takes sons and daughters to go. I will not leave you. And I just feel this invitation in the spirit for us to respond to the Lord here. And like I said, I, you know, if you're if you're new, you're like, what? Um, awesome. But if you've been here a while and you've and and but. I just feel this invitation to go. I'm all in. I'm invested in this place. I'm w- I want to be inconvenienced. I want I know, you know, listen, this this Frisco is a suburb, right? And this has a reputation, okay? As a reputation of being a sleepy suburb. Spiritually, it's like it's it's what you hear. It's like oh oh, it's convenient. It, things up there are convenient and they're they're easy, and people are just content to sail on with life and have their nice whatever whatever. No, like if you're if you're coming up room, that's not what you want. If it is, like I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not what you're coming here for. You're coming here for, for like the fullness of what God paid for, and it's for this city. But if we're going to enter into that, we have to be so uh, swimming upstream against the grain of what's happening, and we have to die, lay our lives down, not just for your immediate family, but like, for one another. And this is the, listen, you don't need a title. You don't need to be, well, they appointed me head over the this for you to lay down your life. You can just start living that way today. And I kept hearing as we were worshiping like, you can take ownership. You know if I'm talking where you fit in this scenario. Are you a son or are you a father? Are you a daughter or are you a mother? And even some of you younger people, even some of you single people, the Lord's starting to just birth inside of you a like a yes in your heart. Like, I'm willing to father and I'm willing to mother. I'm willing. Here's the thing. I kept hearing while we were worshiping, I kept hearing, It was like the Lord was extending this call and this invitation, and then I could hear our flesh going, I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, or I feel ill-equipped, like I don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know the Bible good enough, or I'm not spiritual enough, or I've messed up, like I heard, some, I just could hear it in the spirit. Like some people are like, but I'm divorced, but I have a failed marriage, but my own natural children are not doing well. Like I just heard this resounding, but I can't. Like I'm not, I don't know how, or I'm not enough. And I just, and I, then I heard the Lord respond and go, oh, but you are. Because I am. I just heard it over, I, but you are because I am. And I promise you, if you respond, to, if, if the Lord is calling you to be a part of Upper Room Frisco, then I just want to be like waving the flag that says, then jump all the way in. And if he's not calling you here, jump all the way in somewhere else. <laughs> but jump all the way in because when the storms come, I want you to have what I got to observe this week. And I know that's what God is building here. This is so, it's, there's so much more depth and reality and a root system that God has it up room than what people see like on YouTube. The, the root system is deep. And he wants to do that here. John 13, 35 says that, that they will know That we're disciples of his by our love for each other. And when you witness what I got to witness this week, you're like, man, these people know Jesus. The way that they love each other. The way they lay their lives down for each other. And I know, listen, some that you're new, like you don't all know each other well, but guess what? You get to start. You you invite someone over for dinner, have a coffee, be intentional. And I just want us to, when you say yes, when he gives you that, it extends that invitation to go, you're a father, you're a son, you're a mother, you're a daughter. You belong And now I want you to uh, make a place to invite people to belong with you there. You belong. Now bring them in, let them belong. And when you say yes, the grace that meets you. I so often feel like, I mean, I have four kids and they're little and there's a lot going on in my world and, and i so often feel like i can't i can't like i can't lay down my life for all these other people like i'm there i feel this i can't like i'm i don't have any but what happens with the there's there's a collective grace that happens because like i st- when he invites me in to mother and lay down my life For you, and for specific ones that he's called me to walk closely with, it's just crazy how this collective grace meets me. Because then I step into that, and then what do you know? Someone comes up around me and is stepping in to fill in the gaps where I am leaving in my own world. Does that make sense? Like, I step in to to mother, to father, to love, to lay my life down for someone, and then what do you know? Like, I see someone doing that for my children, and so there's just this, I mean, Joe Awesome, you do that. You, like, I step, I'm step into, like, I'll step in to minister to someone or to talk with someone or pay attention to the one in front of me. And then I realize, like, in my periphery that, like, people like him are, like, they're taking care of my babies. They're loving on them because there's just this collective grace that we step into when we say yes. Because, listen, I don't, I didn't, I don't, I don't come up here. I don't, listen, I, I'm 36, and I, when I stand in the home of a a woman that's 20 years older than me that has seven children and just lost her husband, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be the pastor, like, I don't feel equipped to stand in that place, and like, what do I do? Oh, my God, like, this is terrible. How? What am I supposed to do? How do I? What do I say? What do I do? do we, like, I've never. Like, how do you plan a funeral? I don't know. Like, how do you? I don't know. Like, do you, do we? Like, how many? How many meals do they need? Like, I don't, They don't. They don't teach you this stuff. <laughs> I grew up a pastor's kid, but you're just like. So th- um, I say that to tell you that like I feel in my flesh that I can't. He's like, but you are. I've called you. And so I, st- I just step into this place where I'm like, well, I'm a m- you're calling me to be a mother. And then this grace comes and meets me because he is. And he wants to express himself as a mother or as a father or as a son. Or a- He wants to express himself through us. And all we have to do is say yes. We just we just say yes. And what he's asking of us and what he's inviting us to do is not convenient or pleasant a lot of the time. It is there's a death to self, there's a sacrificial place that we enter into. But I I don't I don't when my storms come, I don't want to look around and be like, "Oh, I wish I would have like I wish I would have like been family cuz now I don't have anyone." I want like the it's coming. Life is it, the storms are coming. Life is hard. It's I don't even know, even just like the signs of the times. I don't know what's coming our way, but he's invited us to lay down our lives for each other and to say yes. I just wanted to encourage you that I know you think you can't. I know you think maybe you're too small or maybe you're not, equipped or maybe you just feel like I'm too selfish. I can relate. <laughs> but the the supernatural work of what he wants to do, that's how it's going to that's how it's going to be birthed. He said they'll know they'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you love each other. And love is a, an act of our will, a selfless, like, I'm going to get in the dirt with you. And I just feel this invitation for this f- uproom Room Frisco to be so much more than services, so much more than, yes, prayer sets, but, like, it's the life, it's the life that happens one of my actually my my favorite scripture and the scripture that one of the ways that we've built life around is Psalm 84 you can turn to it oh my gosh it's so beautiful can you put it up there How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Look at this. Even the sparrow finds a home. And the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. We... We decided we wanted to build life around the presence of God. We wanted to raise our kids around his house, at his altar. And that come what may, come what may, I know that if we build life around this place, like we're building it around the Father. We become fathers, we become mothers, but we're building it around the presence of of the one who is the father around. And, and it's this altar, this place where we come into his presence and we worship, but then we build life around it. The sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars. Look at this, verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca or the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. This is our call to build a life around this place, to build family to raise kids, to go through the hard stuff when we have questions, when we don't know, when we go broke, when somebody gets sick, when a marriage is in crisis—like, th- th- but we don't, we don't, we don't do that last minute. Like we're invested now, right? Like we're invested now, so that we have family. That we have the expression of God as a father in family down the road. I want to unpack one more scripture with you. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Yes. This is this is countercultural. Like this isn't. Even, even the modern American church where you like swoop in and you get, you, we like entertain you and we make it so comfy and great for you. But like, no, I'm inviting you. He's inviting us to lay down our lives for each And the world will be captivated. Frisco, Texas will notice. They will take note. They will see you loving each other. They will see you laying down your lives for each other. And they will go, I want that. Because in the world of convenience and pleasure and comfort and easy and big parking spaces and all that, we are of a different substance we're of a different world. We're of a different spirit. I felt like the Lord, I felt like he wanted to share the scripture. This is First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 12. Starting in verse 12. This is, um, this is what what mothers and fathers, this is what leaders, this is, these, are the, these are the what's of how we learn to walk together, how we learn to disciple. Verse 12, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. And here's the four points. Admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak and be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. This is what fathers and mothers teach people how to do. We, we teach how to honor your leaders, how to esteem them. We teach people how to navigate all those things of life. Like, hey, are you idle? (laughs) I'm going to admonish you. Are you faint-hearted? I'm going to encourage you. You don't have to be like a theological genius or a perfectly spiritual person to do these things. If someone's faint-hearted, you encourage them. If they're weak, you help them. If somebody's just a mess, be patient with them. Show them how to come into this place, rejoice always, to give thanks in this place, in all circumstances, to pray without ceasing. Like, we can do this for each other. You can parent people this way. This, is, this isn't rocket science. You teach them how to not despise prophecies, but you show them how to test them and how to hold on. To what's good. You hold them accountable to like the word of the Lord that he's released over their life. I feel like God wants to do something so special. So significant. But I feel like you're in the season of the roots going And and I and and just like roots go deep, I feel like there's just connections that need to be made, friendships that need to be cultivated that aren't like out in the open. Like they're not they're not happening in this context. They're happening in your homes, they're happening in coffees, they're happening in and I there's just an invitation to step into that. To take ownership of your role in the body in this place. Like, everybody in this room has ownership. You have a place for you to step into. And I can't step into it for you, and Ryan can't step into it for you, but you step into that place. Are you a father? Are you a mother? Are you a daughter? Are you a son? Step into that place. You can acknowledge your I can't as long as you move past it into his like, yes, but you are because I am. I feel like it's really, I I don't know how to say this, like it's up to us, but not like it's up to us. (laughs) But it's up to us to choose to step into what he wants to do like the the ground is fertile, the invitation is open, and we step into it. He puts the lonely in families and I didn't think i've i've I had begun to wonder don't know if you felt this way, Trace, but, like, I began to wonder over the years, because we started, you know, with 12 of us, 20, I don't know, and I began to wonder, like, as we've grown, and the room's packed out, and I don't know the majority of the people that I'm looking at, like, can you do family like this, God? Like, can this really be intimate and community and connected? And you know what? I got a wrist Because we've built this, this life and his family around his altar where he's the father, he's the center. And we look at him and we become like him as we're mothering and fathering.